Now I don't want to oversell it, but this would change your life. My people, welcome, Stulenium Radio, Jonathan Stewart. Today I'm going to be talking about a basic stock valuation method, the constant growth dividend valuation model. I've got my calculator ready, and I've eaten a lot of candy corn from my children's Halloween stash. If you have your calculator, you can work through my example as we go along. If you don't have your calculator, no problem. I'll tell you what you need to know, and you can try it out on your own later. So here we go. This is a constant growth model. All right. I've been talking about cars a lot recently. So today, I want to get back to some basic investing. In the next few minutes, we're going to use the constant growth model in order to determine if a stock is undervalued, overvalued, or fairly valued. Before we are done, you'll see that this model has some limitations, but I want to talk about it because there are certain types of companies that it may fit pretty well, and it sets us up to learn about some more advanced and potentially more useful models at some point in the future. Now I really hate to do this because I know it turns some people off, but I need to take a minute and talk about theory. Actually, this isn't too painful. Finance theory says that the value of an asset today should be equal to the present value of the cash flows that asset is expected to generate in the future. Let me say that again. The value of an asset should equal the present value of its expected future cash flows. And that should hold true for stocks, bonds, real estate, baseball cards, and beanie babies. If you can estimate the cash flow that an asset is expected to generate and then calculate the present value of those cash flows, that should be an accurate estimate of what the asset is worth today. So what does this mean for stock prices? Well, there are only two ways to make money or cash flow from a stock investment. First, the company might pay you a dividend. And second, you might be able to sell the stock for more than you bought it for. We call that a capital gain. So those are the two ways to make money on a stock, dividends and capital gains. Now imagine this situation. You are considering purchasing a particular company's stock. Imagine that you intend to buy this stock and hold it forever. You are going to hold it until the end of your life and then pass it on to family or friends or your favorite podcast hosts. It's really your choice, but you intend to hold it forever. Now, what does this do to your cash flow possibilities? Well, you can still receive dividends, but the capital gains are out of the question. If you never sell the stock, you never have a capital gain. So, what is the stock worth to you? Well, it seems like its value should be equal to the present value of the expected future dividends. So, all we have to do 
is estimate the dividend that the company will pay this year and next year and next year and keep on doing that on out until infinity. Then we find the present value of all those different dividends, add them up, and we have an estimate of the true value of the stock. Do you see any problems with this? I see one. We have to estimate all the dividends paid between now and infinity. And that's forever, and that's a mighty long time, but I'm here to tell you, we can't really do that. We can't actually estimate an infinite stream of dividends. It would take too much time and paper and, well, there are just a lot of problems here. So we need to find a way around having to estimate all the dividends from now until infinity. Enter the constant growth model. Professor Myron Gordon came across this same problem many years ago, and he came up with a solution. Now, his solution requires a few assumptions, some math magic trickeration. Let's talk about the assumptions. The first one is that we must assume that the company's dividends are going to grow at a constant rate forever. This is why we call it the constant growth model. So, if you have a stock which pays a dividend, and you believe that dividend will grow at a constant rate forever, this model is for you. And one of the most beautiful things about this model is its simplicity. So here it is. You may want to write this down if it's convenient. The constant growth model, or Gordon model as it is sometimes called, says that the stock price should equal the dividend we expect to receive at the end of the year, divided by the difference between our required return and the expected constant growth rate. Here's an easy example. Let's say we are considering a stock and we expect it to pay a dividend of $1 per share at the end of the year. Furthermore, we expect the company's dividends to grow at a constant rate of 6% per year, forever. Finally, we require a 10% return if we are going to invest in this company. What does the constant growth model say these shares should be worth? The model says to take the dividend we expect to receive at the end of the year and divide it by the difference between our required return and the expected constant growth rate. Sounds simple enough. The expected dividend equals $1, so I type that into my calculator. Then I divide $1 by the difference between my required return and the expected constant growth rate. So my required return of 10% minus the expected growth rate of 6% equals 4%. So I need to divide my dividend of $1 by 0.04. That's 4%. Did you get it? 1 divided by 0.04 gives me $25. So according to the constant growth model, the true value of this stock is $25 per share. We usually refer to that number as the intrinsic value. It represents the true value of the shares if the assumptions of the model are met and we have used accurate input variables. So if everything I just said holds true, what should we do with this intrinsic value of $25 per share? 
we compare it to the actual market price of the stock. So I can go to any financial website and type in the company's ticker symbol to find the current market price. That's the last price that someone actually paid for the stock. Now, what if the market price happens to be $25 per share? Well, the model would say that this stock is fairly priced. If we buy it for $25 per share and the dividends grow at 6% per year forever, then we will earn our required return of 10%. Okay, what if the stock price is actually $30? Well, the model says that it's overpriced by $5 per share. If we buy it at $30 and everything goes as forecasted, we would earn less than our required return. So we probably don't want to pay that much for the stock. But what if the actual market price is $15? Well, in this case, the model says that the stock is underpriced. It's on sale. So that would be an indication that we should buy the stock as long as we believe that the assumptions will be met and our forecasts are accurate. So I probably need to talk more about those assumptions. The first assumption is that the dividends are going to grow at a constant rate forever. If we don't believe that is true, then we probably need to use a different model. The second assumption, or maybe it's more of a restriction, is that our required return has to be greater than our forecasted constant growth rate. That worked in our last example. We required a 10% return and the constant growth rate was 6%. So we were all right. Now there is a problem if our growth rate is greater than our required return. Here's the problem. The model divides the expected future dividend by the difference between our required return and the constant growth rate. Now for every company I'm aware of, the dividend is either zero or a positive number. If the dividend isn't a positive number or zero, that would mean it's a negative number and you are actually going to have to pay the company a dividend. Hmm, that doesn't sound like a good investment and I actually don't think that would ever happen. So if we have a positive dividend, but the growth rate is larger than our required return, we would be dividing a positive number by a negative number and that is going to give us a negative intrinsic value. That doesn't make sense, so we just can't use the constant growth model in situations like that. Our required return has to be greater than the constant growth rate for this model to work. Now, if you have an inquiring mind, and I hope you do, you may be thinking, hey, Stuart, what do I do with companies like Amazon or Apple or even Hanson Natural Foods, who as of today don't pay a dividend at all? Well, my friend, you ask a good question. And the answer is that you cannot use the constant dividend valuation model for companies that do not pay dividends. You are going to need another model to value those types of companies. You might use some price earnings valuation or some other model that we have not yet talked about on Stellenium Radio. But this is not the model for those types of stocks. You may also ask, what about a company whose dividend is not expected to grow at a constant rate? Another good question. And again, this model does not suit that type of company. You see, the beauty of this model is its simplicity. If you know three numbers and can accept the assumptions I've been talking about, then you can estimate a company's stock price. However, the same assumptions which make the model simple 
also limit the type of stocks for which it can provide a useful and meaningful value. But before you discard the constant growth model as being useless, I'll say that the math of this model serves as the foundation for several other valuation models, like the non-constant growth model, as well as several free cash flow models. Maybe we'll try to unpack those on a future episode. Hey, it's time to call it. Thanks for tuning in to Studenium Radio. I hope that you'll subscribe to my podcast on the iTunes Music Store and tell your friends about Studenium Radio. If you have any questions, requests, or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to me, stulinium at gmail.com. And check out my website, stulinium.com. Until next time, Jonathan Stewart, Stulinium Radio.